This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, no worries about Leon Dreisaitl not being at training camp. The contract is done. The Oilers announcing it at noon today. Eight years, $68 million, an average annual value of $8.5 million. So McDavid, nine more years, the one year left on his ELC, then the eight-year extension will start next year, and then eight more years for Dreisaitl, two of the top eight scores in the NHL from this past season, locked up long-term by your hockey club. Your football club has yet to lose a game. They play the Bombers tomorrow. We'll have it on Ched. 5 o'clock countdown to kickoff. 6.30 for the start of the game. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell will have all the action. We'll preview that as we move along. And hey, the Edmonton Prospects can win the Western Major Baseball League Championship tonight. 7 o'clock first pitch at Remax Field. They lead the best of five against Swift Current, two games to one. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630. Chad, you can text 630-630, phone number 780-496-0063. And we'll start today with the big deal for Big Leon. Steal by Drysaddle, right circle, centering pass, back to Drysaddle for an open net, shoots and scores! Edmonton takes a one nothing lead! Here come the Oilers, 2-on-1 to win it. McDavid in for the left-hand side. Drysaddle waits. There's the centering pass. What timer score! Leon Drysaddle for the second time this year has beat the Anaheim Ducks. 3-2 in Gain the line off balance. Latestu to Drysaddle. Feeds Lucic. Back to Drysaddle. One timer score. Drysaddle's got a hat trick. And five points. And Edmonton is blowing Anaheim right out of game six. Those are three of the 35 goals Leon Dreisaitl scored last season, regular season and playoffs combined. So eight years, $68 million. We'll talk to Dreisaitl's agent in a few minutes. You'll hear some clips from him. But right now, pleased to be joined by Edmonton Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli. Peter, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Reed. Thanks for asking. Yeah, good to talk to you. And obviously the, the big news today, you get Leon Dreisaitl locked up. And, and I know when you when you spoke several times earlier in the summer. You mentioned signing Leon Dreisaitl uh, as, as a priority. Uh, it 
It happens here on, on August 16th. Uh, I mean, how, how would you characterize uh, the, the negotiations? I, as I'm sure you know, a lot of fans were hoping it was going to happen uh, happen right away, but I think it's a positive. It, it doesn't stretch into September or anything like that. So how would you describe this process? Well, they are very professional and, and transparent. We, we, uh, we met with Leon at the end of the year in exit meetings and told him we wanted to, uh, um, you know, him to be one of the pillars of this team and we were at get a contract done and then you know things things take some time and they don't all happen at once and especially in the summer things can slow down but also there can be a series of critical dates critical deadlines or uh, comparable signings that that move things along or that slow things down so um we i think we both knew that we were going to get it done it was just getting through all these I'll call them hurdles. They're not really hurdles, but getting through all these things and uh, and, and reaching the right number. Okay. You know, Peter, Leon obviously excelled last season. He, he played a lot of time on uh, Connor McDavid's right wing. He certainly, though, proved himself capable of being a very good center, and he, and he proved that in the playoffs at key times for you guys as well. Long term, did... Do you see Leon as as a center, as a second center to Connor, and a guy who's able to to drive his own line and make his own wingers better? Yeah, you know, I I, I I think he's a natural center. He is a natural center, but the way he's shooting the puck now, the way he's he's receiving the puck on the wing, you could easily say he's a natural winger. Um, uh, you know, it's just again, I I, I don't know where he's going to end up and when he'll end up there. He's very proficient at both. He showed a real willingness to do uh, to play on the wing, and, he, and he's excelled at it. Um, I, I see him as a centerman down the line, and that may be as early as this year. I, I leave it up to Todd, and uh, he's done a good job of moving him around the lineup, and and uh, now he can do it for eight more years. Right. Well, in, in terms of maybe what we see over the next uh, year or two. And, you know, he had an excellent season, but, you know, guys are always pushing to improve and, and find new levels and tweaks in their game. Uh, what, what would you like to see as the next step or, or uh, you know, some things you'd like to see uh, Dreisaitl focus on here short term? Um, well, you know, just continue to improve, continue to move his feet. His skating is improving. Uh, he's, you know, he's, we had asked him to shoot the puck more. He started to do it. Um, we asked him to get better at face-offs. He was our best draw guy for a period of time. Um, you know, he's still young, so it's just about maintaining your conditioning, improving, improving your foot speed, um, and uh, you know, your uh, I guess your um, your ability to perform on, with, on on heavier minutes, and that comes with experience and conditioning. Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Peter, just a couple more for you. Um, in terms of where you are with the salary cap, and you know, I almost hesitate to ask this because you know projections long term can, can change so much. But how would you describe just your your comfort level about your cap space now, and maybe you know looking ahead towards next summer uh, when McDavid's contract is is going to kick in, and maybe there are some other guys who uh, might be hoping to stick around in Edmonton, but maybe earn a little more. Uh, 
you're right. It's too premature to ask that. So uh, okay. I'll, I'll answer. I'll answer it that it's too premature to ask that. But we're, you know, we're in. in, in what I can say, generally speaking, is that um, we've got two very significant pieces tied up in a good way, and, uh, and you know, it's up to us as hockey ops first people to to put the rest of the pieces in place and maintain the rest of the pieces. All right, and I'll throw one more at you. Um, you, you know, I, I know you kind of went into this summer saying you didn't want to, uh, you know, make huge changes. You want to see growth from the guys there. Uh, last year in camp, uh, thinking back, I guess Yakupov got traded and, and Russell got signed. But, you know, are you hoping now that you can be pretty quiet between now and now the start of the season, or do you think there's a, there's a tweak or two that's necessary? Uh I'm thinking it's going to be pretty quiet. Okay, short and sweet. Peter, always appreciate you having having you on the show. I really appreciate your time, and uh, I guess we'll see you at training camp in a few weeks. Take care. Okay, thanks, Reed. That's Edward the Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli checking in tonight. Sees uh, Leon as a, as a center down the line is how he put it. Maybe as soon as this year. Says it'll ultimately be up to head coach Todd McClellan and Leon's performance as well. Says he's a natural center, but the way he plays the wing, sometimes he looks like a natural winger as well. He obviously had a great season both uh, in both positions throughout all of last year. And you heard him say it at the end with the short and sweet answer. I think it'll be pretty quiet between now and the start of the season in terms of uh, the Oilers' roster, which I think is good to hear, which I think is good to hear. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. We will get the other side of the negotiations. Leon's agent, Mike Liute, when we get back on Inside Sports. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Eskimos Bombers coming up tomorrow on this very station. We'll preview that game as we move along tonight. The Toronto Blue Jays in action, leading Tampa Bay 1-0 in the top of the fourth. Edmonton Prospects playing for their league championship tonight, 7 o'clock at Remax Field. Director of Baseball or Franchuk will join us a little bit later on. We are focusing now on the new contract for Leon Dreisaitl. Eight years, $68 million. Average annual value of $8.5 million. And Leon represented by, from Octagon, his agent, Mike Liute. Mike, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Well, we're doing, uh, we're doing quite well, and it's always, uh, always good to get, uh, get to a conclusion in a contract negotiation. So we're happy about that. Yeah, for sure. It uh, it takes till August sixteenth. Uh, uh, you know, I I I haven't got the sense. Uh, I, I spoke to Peter Shirelli. Uh, I didn't get the sense there was uh, any fear of this uh, dragging into training camp. Uh, would you would you echo those concerns that you know maybe just sometimes you got to make sure you're uh, crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's, and that's kind of what took it into the middle of August. Well, you know, it, it, yes, I would I would concur with that. I think that uh, you know Peter and I had. Uh, that specific discussion that, uh, you know, we both have enough experience that we know, um, um, you know, we don't have to set a deadline and, and we know what, what the deadlines are. We know when the season starts and, and it isn't a matter of getting to a deadline to make a decision happen that we're more than capable of making a decision uh, well in advance of that. And, um, you know, the rest of the, the rest of it is just the process. You know, there, there's, uh, there were two, 
significant contracts, to say the least, that the uh, the Oilers had this summer. And, um, you know, they were handling them both uh, simultaneously, so it wasn't one than the other. But, um, you know, certainly, um, uh, you know, th- this, uh, you know, was not as easy, I guess, uh, on one hand, as... as uh, the other contract, but um, you know, I thought it, I thought it marched along, uh, you know, in in order, and, and uh, I don't think anybody was was nervous about it not happening. Yeah, were were, were there any uh, you know as you went through the summer and saw other guys get signed, and you look at maybe contracts over the past one, two, or three seasons, Mike? Were there any comparables that were important to you to say it needs to be you know in this ballpark park or really close to what this individual got? Well. It's you know you have to separate the uh, you know the contracts that uh, you know have uh, uh, that include UFA years or players are closer to that number um, you know certainly um, uh, the Kuznetsov and Johansson were were, were much closer um, you know and they were out there but they didn't really impact um, you know this discussion I would say that this was a this was a negotiation discussion that had a lot of hockey in it. Um, and uh, I, I frankly quite enjoyed that. Um, I would say that we talked more about the hockey than we did the numbers and just where they fit and the projections and, you know, the commitments that both parties were making. Certainly it's a significant commitment by the Oilers, and, uh, you know, I, I tried to impress upon uh, uh, Peter that, you know, when a young guy, um, you know, essentially takes himself uh, or commits to a, a location or team, you know, through his 20s, I mean, that, that's going to be the foundation for his hockey legacy. So it's, you know, both people are, in essence, all in. And, um, and you know, it's a significant commitment. And, and uh, you know, sometimes it just takes a little longer to get to uh, to an agreement to where you say yes. But, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't think that this was this dragged at any point. I think it, it, uh, it followed a fairly um, consistent process. You know, I love how you put that, Mike, about uh, the, the long-term commitment and, and how a player can really establish his legacy through his um, through his twenties. I don't know how much attention you you pay you pay to guys like me and <laughs> people who write about hockey, but you know, there's speculation. Well, could it be more of a bridge-length deal, three, four, or five? Um, are you at liberty to tell us? I mean, was was the eight years pretty much where this was headed the, the whole time? Was that a priority for for both sides? I, you know, I don't know if it was a. I guess I guess priority would might would be a good word for it. Um, we certainly were more focused on uh, something six to eight years rather than uh, two to four. Uh, we really didn't get into any of that. I mean, that that was. I mean, any a shorter term uh, horizon. Um, so, uh, you know, I guess it, you know at the end it might have been a, a fallback position, but uh, really didn't play uh, any kind of a role in this uh, in the negotiations. Mike Liut joining us on Inside Sports, the agent for Leon Dreisaitl, locked up by the Oilers today, eight years, uh, $68 million. Uh, Mike, you know, I, 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 you said there was a lot of hockey in this uh, negotiation with, with Peter, so I'll ask you a very hockey question. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of people remember you playing a goal in the NHL. Um, Leon, as a hockey player, where do you think he can go? What do you think uh, some steps that Oilers fans might see here in in the uh, in the short term future to become an even better player? And that's that's a, you know a bit of a difficult question. Uh, you know, in, in the sense that 
I think that uh, uh, the Oilers now, you know, I mean, their center ice position is as strong as any place in the in the league. Um, Leon is, you know, he's 21. Um, every play, I think it's it's more important that that uh, the player understands that there is more growth in his game. Where that takes him, you know, that the future will tell. Um, you know, I think the playoffs are a pretty good indication. I mean, they're, um, you, you know, to, to, it's a difficult grind. Um, so, uh, you know, I expect that, that Leon will, uh, you know, will continue to produce and, and uh, continue to improve. Uh, you know, he's, he's still, uh, you know, at 21, still developing physically, emotionally. Um, he has a strong understanding of the game. I just think it's a, it's a, it's a bright spot, you know. The Oilers have, uh, you know, clearly uh, the Oilers are, uh, are, are, you know, to move in the right direction is an understatement. They've got a lot of talent, and um, you know, to win it takes a lot of good fortune. Uh, everybody's got to stay healthy, but uh, I, I would, I would expect, um, as do the Oilers, obviously, with this this commitment that Leon is going to, uh, you know, continue to develop. Um, the increments will be smaller as you get older. There's only so much you can do, but. It's the impact on the game that you're looking for, and sometimes that's scoring, and and sometimes it's just the the impact that you have on other players and the plays that you make that don't reflect in the the score sheet and the uh, and the examples that you set. Um, you know, the expectation is that Leon will be a leader, um, and um, more importantly, he understands that that is part and parcel of of this type of a commitment from the Oilers. There's a there's a corollary responsibility. And uh, Mike, you know, you, you obviously referenced Connor McDavid and, and the and the big extension he signed earlier this summer, which included eighty six million dollars in bonus. So you know the totals that are going to kick in for him on you know mini July first down the road. Is there any uh, similar type structure for uh, Leon Dreisaitl? Not not to that degree. There's there's uh, there's a lockout protection, you know, by way of a signing bonus. But um, you know, signing bonus is a you know is a misnomer to a certain extent. Uh, outside of the, the possible moments where there might be a a, a lockout, um, you know, because it's it's uh, conditioned on performance. Therefore, it's you know it's just another it's a, a different it's salary and by a different name. Uh, there's no real significance to it um i don't think uh, uh you know particularly when when you're talking about players who will be 21 when the contracts start so um you know it, it was uh, uh you know those those years uh, where there's a potential work stoppage that's you know that that certainly is of concern but that just goes to the further commitment that the oilers are making you know to leon um and um you know that is not uh, it's certainly recognized by us Okay. Well, Mike, I think Oilers fans are, are, are pretty happy. Uh, thanks for uh, for checking in tonight on Inside Sports. I hope we can do this again down the road. I really appreciate your time on a busy day. You're, you're welcome, Reed. Anytime. Thank you. That is Mike Leute checking in tonight. Works for Octagon, agent for Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, interesting comments there. And I mentioned the speculation that could this wind up being a shorter deal, three, four, five years, and... Uh, Liut saying we were pretty much looking at six to eight years the entire time. And as he said, there was a lot more focus on, on hockey and hockey numbers uh, and projections and stuff like that as opposed to the, uh, the the dollars and the cents and the years, which I found kind of interesting. He's pretty high on, obviously, where the Oilers are headed. Leon Dreisaitl commenting on his team. 
Well, definitely in the in the right direction. Um, you know, I think last year we we've shown the hockey world that um, you know we're we're no joke anymore. Um, you know, I think we have a, we have a really good group together, and and we love playing for each other. And um, you know, again, I think that um, it's it's a little too early to 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 say what we have for for the upcoming season, but. Um, you know we have the right the right pieces in, in the right place. Now it's up up to us as a team to 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 bring it every night. And Leon will have to be one of the guys doing that for sure. More from him as we move along. We'll talk to Bob Stoffer. We'll also tee up Eskimos Bombers. Can the green and gold make it eight straight? All ahead inside sports on six thirty, Chet. J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Just had Leon Dreisaitl's agent Mike Leute on the show. I asked him about comparable contracts. He said they didn't get too much into that, but he did reference of Jenny Kuznetsov, who got eight years, $62.4 million from the Capitals. Ryan Johansson, eight years, $64 million even from the Nashville Predators. They are both 25. Of course, Leon Dreisaitl Younger than uh, those guys. He turns 21. He's going to turn 22 early in the season. His birthday is October 27th. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630. Chad and Dreisaitl already thinking about the season ahead. For me, the real the real work starts now. And, um, you know, I think I have I have much more to give. And, um, you know, I can take take uh, another few steps um in the uh, in the direction that that I want to be and and that's that's the player that I want to be so um also also with the team I think we're 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 heading in the right direction and um you know for me it was uh, it was pretty easy more from dry throughout the show tonight Bob Stoffer will join us later on for uh, his thoughts on the contract if you follow Bob on Twitter and why wouldn't you it tweeted something very interesting a few minutes ago. We'll get into that with Bob. Hey, uh, Doug Brown is on the line, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, covers the team for CGOB in uh, Winnipeg. Always a great guest to have on the show. Doug, good to talk to you here. And before we dive into the football stuff, uh, I mean, you know, you played uh, you played on the D-line, but you're not surprised at these, uh, the dry side on the contract. I mean, you know that's always the offensive guys that get paid, right? And you defensive guys are, are looking for pennies on the floor, right? <laughs> Something like that. Sorry, you cut out for a second. I didn't get the full question. My apologies. No, I was I was just making a joke that uh, you know with Leon Dreisaitl signing this big contract today, you know as a defensive uh, guy, it's it's always the offensive guys always get paid, and then the def, the defensive guys have to settle for what well, what's left all, over. We all know where the work is done, though, right? <laughs> right. It's all it's all the foundation stuff. We're we're the ones that handle everything. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's it, you know it's going to be interesting in your city too to see what Patrick Line winds up uh, making uh, long term. He was pretty exciting to watch this past season. Anyway, uh, Doc, great to have you on the show. Always enjoy uh, chatting with you. And speaking of of games that have been entertaining to watch. Uh, I guess the CFL in general uh, falls into that category. And and maybe the Eskimos and the Bombers leading the way in the cardiac finishes. The Eskimos have had close games. The Bombers have won uh, three games by scoring on the final play. Can can you remember as a player or an analyst a a, a collection of of so many close games so early in the season? 
No, you know, it's been it's been pretty exceptional and uh, it's fantastic entertainment for the fans and people that pay attention and watch the CFL. It's, uh, you know, some teams are very evenly matched and uh, it's just a momentum game. It's so much back and forth and it's almost like last possession uh, determines who's going to come out on top and ahead in, in, in a number of games. So the Bombers, you know, an interesting thing about this, this football team, uh, they scored 12 points in 95 seconds against the Montreal Alouettes. And the thing about that is, you know, you always have all these coaches and all these teams that try to get the players to rally around the fourth quarter. You'll see when the fourth quarter, when the whistle blows for the fourth quarter, guys will put four fingers up in the in the air or they'll hold hands or, or they'll do whatever. But when you go and you score 12 points in 95 seconds, that's a, that's a tangible. That's something you hold on to. That's a belief. That's a reality that happens uh, for you as a football player. And then every other time you find yourself in that scenario, uh, for example, after that, the Bombers found themselves you know, down in another game with five minutes left and only down by seven. So they're like, oh, well, this is easy. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it becomes habit. And when it gets repeatable, you know, there's just that expectation on a roster that they're going to be able to pull it out in the, in the final moments. And there's always enough time left. And it's just interesting because, you know, you don't get much consistency and you get some different looking teams depending upon what quarter it is. But uh, this team has been pretty clutch in the fourth so far and it's been very entertaining. You know, Doug, you used a word that another uh, gentleman with the last name Brown, who I work with, uses a lot, and that's Rob Brown, who's our, our inside the game analyst for our Oilers broadcast on 630 Chad, played in the NHL, mostly with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he he uses the word belief so much, you know. And I know with all the stats now and everything, people are like, no, it's not it's not belief. You just need this guy with this number paired with this guy. You, you know what I mean? But but it's interesting that that you use that word belief. And I'm I, I just I, I want to ask you about your career because I know pro athletes are confident and they always believe they're going to win. But I bet you can look back on, on your career and close finishes that went your way and ones that didn't. And, and I wonder if you look back and say, you know, now that I look back on that team, uh, we kind of maybe were a little shaky morale-wise, or maybe we didn't quite believe as much as we did the next year. Do you, do you find yourself looking back that way? Yeah, well, it's just convincing that, you know, nothing – gives you as a player more buy-in coaches always talk about they want guys that buy in and buy in well reality is is the biggest buy-in there is so when you do something and it works you're like oh well hang on a second we can actually this isn't just uh lips flapping in the wind this is actually uh doable and and this is something we've accomplished and and you have that you kind of you kind of check that experience and and you build off of it and I, I think, yeah, that you see it uh, both ways. You know, I think I saw it in the Hamilton Tiger Cats when they were playing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this past game. Um, you know, they were kind of back and forth, and they were somewhat competitive, but you could just see that belief that they knew they it was going to get away from them. They weren't going to be able to hold on. They weren't going to be able to overcome this deficit, so on and so forth. The adversity was just piling up, and it was just too much for them. And uh, that's that experience, those experiences that players have, um, they condition you one way or the other, and, and sometimes it's good, and, and obviously in different circumstances, sometimes it's very bad. Did you like being on the field as a defensive player with a minute left and, and less than a, than a minute to go? I mean, what was it like in that situation? I think you'd always rather not. Right. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, you, you just, 
you understand what at stake, and it's a huge moment, and it's precarious, and it's super stressful, and uh, you know, it definitely uh, it tests you. It brings out a, another level. It, it, it sees if you can rise up to the occasion and, and to the challenge, and therefore, when you're successful, you're uh, you know, you're quite uh, you're like, wow, what an accomplishment! And like I said, you can build off that, but. I think defensively, you'd rather uh, never be in those scenarios where you need to get a stop and, and, and get off the field. Um, but it's uh, it's always a good rallying point and enthralling when, when you can pull it off. And, uh, you know, it, it depends on what defense, too, right? Uh, some defenses you have a much greater belief in than others. Right. So, uh, I've been on some defenses where I've been pretty sure we'll, we'll be able to shut them down and, and not give up any more points. And, I've been on other defenses where I'm like, wow, this is going to take some kind of miracle for us not to uh, continue to have the floodgates open here. Doug Brown joining us on Inside Sports, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, uh, covering the team for our sister station, CJOB in Winnipeg. Always great to have him on the show. Okay, so the Bombers are 5-2, and two, and uh, you know I had Chad Rempel on the show last night, and I said I think most teams would take that start. And uh, you're third in the division because Calgary's five one and one, and the Eskimos are seven and zero. Oh. You know, having said that, this, this is a Bombers team. They, they, you know, they've had some struggles under Mike O'Shea. They had a lot of positive things happen last year. Uh, has has this built on, on on things they did last year? Is this kind of what you hoped you'd see from the Bombers seven games in? Yeah, their identity is quite similar so far to what they had last year in terms of. Uh, uh, they're a conservative offense. They get a lot of points uh, from their field goal kicker. But they're very smart with the football. Ball security is a huge uh, identity uh, characteristic of this football team offensively. And defensively, uh, you know, they're not quite on the same pace they were on last year, but they still do take their uh, – they have a ball-hawking secondary. They take the ball away a ton, uh, whether it's interceptions, whether it's forced fumbles, whether it's takeaways so on and so forth. Um, they're quite dynamic defensively. I think they're turning a corner right now. Um, they've been very healthy. Uh, they have most, most of their guys uh, on both sides of the ball, really, other than Weston Dressler. Um, I'd say you've got uh, pretty much full starting units uh, in all phases of this football team. So a lot of the things, a lot of the positive things we saw in 2016 are, are very much alive and well and uh, building blocks for what this team is twar- trying to accomplish in 2017. Matt Nichols was obviously an Edmonton Eskimo until a couple of years ago. What can you say about his, I, I mean, I, I, I hesitate to use the word progression because I don't want to make it sound like he was bad. That's not what I mean. But I, but, but I mean, quarterbacks are always trying to improve and get better at reading defenses and delivering the ball. What can you tell us about uh, Matt Nichols' progression? Well, you know, he's uh, he's unusual in the sense that he's one of those players. I think he successfully reinvented himself in the middle of his career. So, obviously, uh, for what Edmonton gave uh, Matt Nichols away to Winnipeg for, they did not think very highly, or at least Chris Jones did not think very highly, and or Ed Hervey, of what his uh, abilities, potential, and future was in the Canadian Football League. So, uh, they got him for a steal. And really, the turning point came for him was his first start last year, um, against Edmonton in Edmonton where they won that game and went on a seven-game streak and no better place to start your, your winning streak and your confidence builder than the team that pretty much gave you up for a hockey puck. So right. he's been, uh, you know, he's just been real uh, real slick in the pocket. Uh, he doesn't take a lot of chances. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. They call him Matty Ice a little bit just because he's very collected, very cool. He seems to get better as the moments get bigger and the, the game progresses. And uh, so smart with the football. 
doesn't you know doesn't uh, doesn't always win the game for you, but he rarely ever costs your football team a win. So uh, you know, Maddie, on a bad day, uh, you still have an opportunity to have success as a football team. And when he's on in the fourth quarter, you know he uh, he rides that wave of momentum and he's able to rally the guys around him. I think they really believe in him too. Give us some context for the Eskimos being seven and zero. And I would say at the point, because of that record and because of, you know, Riley having such a good season at quarterback, I mean, are the Eskimos at the point where they sh- they're they getting everybody's best game? I mean, they're they're clearly wearing the bullseye right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, anytime a team without a blemish on the record comes into town, uh, perks up the ears. And, yeah, it's for players, whatever team you play, it's always about an incentive. You know, you're always thinking to yourself, hey, what kind of recognition are we going to get as a team? What kind of merit do we get as a team? We beat these guys. We win this game. Obviously, you get respect throughout the league. You climb the standings. Uh, you get that sense of euphoria, accomplishment, so on and so forth when you play a team that's undefeated. So I think, uh, you know, Edmonton uh, played very well. Mike Riley has been outstanding. Um, I think they have a number of injury concerns that, uh, that they're facing right now. And I think their schedule has also very much benefited them as well. They've only played two Western teams, I believe, out of seven and five Eastern teams. So uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have had a lot of success against the East as well. So um, they're hoping to make their mark and uh, presence known in the Western division as well. And I think uh, the guys are uh, really rallying around the opportunity they have tomorrow night to really make a statement uh, in the CFL that uh, they're going to be able to be competitive in, in their own division. Well, it's already a great race with the top four teams in the West. It'd be pretty cool if it lasted the entire season. Hey, Doug, you know, I always love having you on this show. I appreciate your perspective. Thanks for making time for us, and uh, I see we'll see you, I guess, uh, in September when the Bombers come to town. Certainly. Thanks for having me on again. Always great to talk to you. That is Doug Brown checking in tonight. Uh, he's uh, he's up there, one of my favorite analysts for sure of all the guys we have on the show. Works for CGOB in Winnipeg, and uh, I'm sure many of you remember him playing for the Bombers. He was uh, outstanding. CFL All-Star six times. Uh, the only thing he's probably uh, wishes I could say about him is a great cup champion. He, uh, he was never able to lift it in the course of his career. So Eskimos Bombers tomorrow. Uh, Doug mentioned the Eskimos injuries. I will have a uh, lineup update in more detail when Morley Scott joins us between 7 and 7.30. But I can tell you, according to the Eskimos' depth chart that they put out, you got Sorensen back at center, you got Gru back at left guard, so you'll be able to have uh, Figueroa at left tackle, O'Donnell at right guard, and then uh, Colin Kelly, who uh, is expected to play right tackle. So after having three imports on the O-line last game, they go back to uh, two, and Duke Williams... The big guy, he's going to be back in the slot, at least according to the uh, chart they put out. Hazelton, Mitchell, Watson, Getzlaff, the other starting receivers. But uh, again, Morley Scott will be on the show a little bit later on. The Oilers news today, Leon Dreisaitl, eight years, $68 million. Dreisaitl happy to get that long-term deal. You look at different options uh, throughout the process, for sure. Uh, I think that's, that's normal. Um, uh, coming uh, coming off your entry level contract, but um, to be honest, for me personally, you know, I, I I just wanted to be to be with this group for as long as possible. And, um, you know, we have such a good group, and uh, I really do think we have something special uh, uh, coming up here in Edmonton. 
And you can get more from Leon Dreisaitl throughout the show tonight and the full interview on the Oilers Now page on 630chet.com. Bob Stoffer is ahead as well. When we get back, we'll check in with an Edmonton team who could win a championship tonight. 648 Inside Sports on Ched. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. One of my favorite intros in all of rock and roll. Bill Edward Van Halen on the electric guitar. Humans being from the forgettable film Twister. Go green. Inside Sports on 630 Chet at 652. My name is Reed Wilkins. That's Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. He's in Winnipeg with the Eskimos for our broadcast coming up tomorrow night. What do we got? We got a good old Metallica at Commonwealth Stadium tonight, Kellen. How That's come you correct. didn't go? Uh, because, well, First of all, you can watch it online starting at 8.30. What do you mean? Uh, Metallica's streaming it through their YouTube channel at 8.30. Do they stream all their concerts? Not all of them, but this is the last concert of their North American tour, so they're streaming the entire concert tonight. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I live near Commonwealth Stadium, and I uh, when I got home last night... I noticed the lights at Commonwealth Stadium were on, so I, yes. I assumed it was already for the setup. Yeah, they were setting up. I guess, I guess they were setting up since last Friday, Saturday, the stage. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Massive stage. Big then. stage. And Big Guns N' Roses, uh, what, two weeks from tonight? I got tickets for that one, I am, yes. go- I am going to that. Yes. So I'll, I'll Maybe head, we'll see I'll you there. <laughs> I'll head right over there uh, after the show on uh, Wednesday, August 30th mm. and uh, walk over from my house. That'll be pretty cool. There you go. 6.53. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can uh, text 6.30, The phone number is 780-496-0063. Sorry I, I haven't had a lot of time to read text tonight. We've had a lot of guests, and I do want to keep rolling with uh, some of the people we have lined up. And uh, one of them is hoping that in about three hours from now, his team will be celebrating a championship at Remax Field in Edmonton's River Valley. Or Franchuk is the director of baseball for the Edmonton Prospects. They lead the Western Major Baseball League Championship Series. It's a best of five, two games to one over Swift Current, and uh, they're going to start game four in about uh, 10 minutes. So I appreciate, Orv, you fitting us in tonight. How are you doing? Doing fine. How are you doing? Doing very well. Great to talk to you. Exciting game tonight at Remax Field. Prospects have a chance to win the league championship. Uh, or if you've, you've been around the game a long time, I hate to throw a cliche at you, but it, is it true the last one's the hardest one to win? No question. Always uh, always the toughest one. And there's there's a lot of motivation going on right now with our guys and with the coaching staff because we would like to win tonight and we really want to win tonight because we're not a real, I'm not a, especially me, a big fan of getting up at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning and then jumping on a, a bus for seven hours and then playing uh, in Swift Current tomorrow night. And then jumping on the bus again and coming home after the game. So, yeah, we have a little, uh, some motivation for sure. And if that's one of the reasons that we want to we wanna win this thing. But we want to win it for our fans too at home. They've been great. 
You know, you guys went into the season, into the the playoffs. If you just purely look at the standings uh, as an underdog, you haven't uh, had home field advantage in any series, uh, and I believe you were exactly five hundred in the regular season. What's uh, what's clicked here uh, in the playoffs that have allowed you guys to come up big in the important games? Well, you know, all year long we've uh, we've worked on a lot of. Well, our goal is when when our, when our players get here in, in the first part of June, our goal is to make sure that they they're better than when they got here, and that's kind of what's happened. Is there's been some tweaks and some uh, some adjustments with certain guys, and uh, and and it seems to be kind of happening uh, towards the end of the season. Guys are, are are working on the things that they need to work on, and they've been working hard at it, and. Uh, there were showing some results, and uh, you know more than anything, I think it's uh, hard work, dedication, uh, and kids just kind of focusing on on the, on winning this thing. Or if in game one of the series against Swift Current, the prospects fell behind thirteen one. Uh, and I know they, they tacked on a few runs late in the game, uh, but it was still kind of a lopsided win for Swift Current. You know, that that obviously, that type of score can be demoralizing. What can you tell us about how the guys uh, handled it and, and what they did to bounce back so quickly? Well, it was kind of funny because we talked about that, too. Uh, we, we did not win... We did not win on 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 Sunday all year long. Sunday was not a day that we won a ball game on. And then the other thing is, I don't know. I think we had maybe one or two wins after an off day, and so um, we kind of used that as an excuse to, with the players so they didn't get into their their own heads about it. But um, the, the one thing about that game is we did score seven runs, and, and it was late, and it kind of carried. That momentum kind of carried into our next uh, two games, and uh, and that's kind of where we're at right now. We're hoping that we can just keep uh, rolling, and we really would like to uh, win tonight in front of our home fans. All right. Well, I'll be following along, Orf. Thanks a lot for uh, checking in tonight. I know it's uh, busy, and you're getting ready for the game. Have a good one tonight. Hope you guys finish it off. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, great stuff. Or Franchuk, Director of Baseball for the Edmonton Prospects. They've had some tough years for that franchise, so I hope they can get this championship done. And uh, as Orf said, you don't want to get up early and drive all the way to Swift Current for the fifth and decisive game tomorrow. The Blue Jays, by the way, leading Tampa Bay 2-1 in the top of the sixth. You know, the Blue Jays uh, are hanging around in the wild card race. There are four games out. The problem is they'd have to pass seven teams. So they're going to have to get pretty hot pretty quick to make that happen. Leon Dreisaitl, eight years, $68 million. You'll hear more from Leon as we move along tonight. Bob Stoffer will hop on the show. We already had Peter Shirelli and Leon's agent, Mike Liute, on the program. You can always uh, check out those interviews on the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. We're also going to go to Winnipeg. Morley Scott. Are the Eskimos actually getting a little bit healthier? He'll have the answer. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.